Cameron, I don't know if this should be a cold open. Uh-huh. Well, okay. It, this may just be a little anecdote in the cold open. Um, but my world is getting very small. Okay. Um, last night, I had quite possibly the strangest dream. I actually started texting you about it when I woke up this morning. Well, why didn't you? Well, because it's so related to what we're doing here that I was just like, no. No, I'm going to save it. Um, it was like a weird amalgamation in my mind mm-hmm. of like a Boy Meets World episode. It starred Corey and Sean, but I was choosing the dialogue for them and rolling for that dialogue <laughs> like in my dream, even though uh-huh. I wasn't a part of it. And both Corey and Sean had common Rider drivers. Hey. Like the whole time. They never transformed, but they almost did a few times. You just chose wrong. So I legitimately was having a Baldur's Gate Boy Meets World common dream. dream. You know, that is the dream. I I don't know what to do with it. Tell it here is what you do with that. It's true. I don't remember a lot of specific things that happened. I remember that Corey was sitting in a chair in the apartment and someone said something that made him like perk up and he like popped up and like waved his hand or something and his driver appeared and Sean like talked him down, but I had to roll for Sean. And it was like the Baldur's Gate interface. Uh-huh. I'm familiar. Um, and it was, and I woke up and I'm like, wow, wow, brain. Vivid. What a thing. So if we were to, Give the boys drivers. What kind of common rider would they be? Mm. In my mind, Corey kind of fits the stereotypical like crackhead, mm-hmm. just overexcited. He's typically on a more negative side of being overexcited about things. Um, yeah, but still, so you could give him. You could give him like I don't know. I'm trying to think of like an overexcited common rider that people don't normally care for very much <laughs> that's our Corey. um like a oh all the fans at home are screaming they know exactly which one yeah all of them just all the fans that fit in that intersection <laughs> that, that strange strange intersection we find ourselves in oh yeah you could give him the zeo driver is that what's the, which one's that from it's from common rider zeo Oh, that makes sense. Is that related to Power Rangers Zio? No, and it's spelled differently. It's Z-I space O. Oh, Z-O. Yeah. Um, and it was it was like the 20th anniversary. Uh-huh. Um, it's not super well regarded. I've seen the first two episodes. Um, and the kind of premise is like, Common Rider Z.O. destroys all Common Riders in all universes in a really cool fight scene. It's worth just watching like the first five-minute fight scene where Z.O. destroys all these. And then it goes back in time to the character who will become Z.O. And he is our like protagonist. Uh-huh. And there are like freedom fighters who have got their own like kind of Z.O.-style belts coming back to kill him as a young person. Ah. But they're finding that he is much kinder than he ends up being than you would think. So I don't know how it how it all how it gets there. But interesting. It's a fun premise. Mm -hmm. 
kind of fitting for Corey, I feel like. And I just feel like Sean is, um, I don't know if he's a common writer yet, but he's basically Spanner yes. from Gotchard because he's just super cool. Yeah. He's got a yeah. kind of a junkyard theme. And, you know, Sean Hunter's got a kind of a junkyard theme. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of works. You got to think. You got to think he's like kind of got some nefarious. Well, we'll talk about it on another podcast. But Yeah. Assuming, yeah. you know, the computer doesn't break. I was going to say September was not our month as a podcast. Oh, why? Um, because we missed three of the five weeks. Oh, did we? Because of my surgery and then my computer being broken. I guess that was technically the start of October. Um, we're turning it around. We are. You heard it here first. We are. Um, we'll talk about scheduling stuff a little bit on Henshin Fever. But um, this one, um, you know, we should be doing regular episodes again pretty soon, it seems. Hopefully. I know that SAG-AFTRA is still in negotiations. Yeah, but they're, like, actively in negotiations. Uh And a lot of people are expecting the announcement of a deal late Tuesday. I know they're saying they're working in, like, the groups, the AMPTA and the SAG-AFTRA are working over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Of like stuff and they're meeting again together on Monday. I had heard Tuesday because of the holiday. There's a holiday? Yeah, Indigenous People's Day. Oh. Slash Columbus Day. Boo. Um, Columbus discovers the sidewalk. But yeah, a lot of people because the next like official meeting is Tuesday and a lot of people are expecting you know good about it. Um, so hopefully um, and then we will we'll finish this puppy up. We'll pick back up with the war. Yeah, it's quite the, quite the episodes we, yeah, we, we dropped down on. Probably. I watched them. I'd watched them. Oh, have you? I had not. I watched them, and then that an hour later, we were like, we're not doing it. I would say, surely the most iconic episodes of season seven. Surely. I mean, according to Pega's Wedding. But I don't feel like that's as iconic. Maybe. It's what up there. one reference from... Corey and Topanga's wedding. Everyone references. Everyone plays references with plays with squirrels, I guess. But we'll talk about that. That's for another podcast as well. That's for another podcast and another time. That's not what we're here for. It's it's really not. We're going to get over to what we're here for. Yes, I think it's time. by the Screen Actors Guild and Writers Guilds of America, unless someone real decides to sponsor us. But even if they don't, they're who's bringing you today? I, I, it's been a while. Didn't roll off the tongue very well. Um, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm, I'm your other host, the number one football, football boy, Chance. Number one football boy. Mm-hmm. Chance watched a whole football game today. Uh-huh. So, sort of, yeah. Mostly, mostly read a book. I was, I was there. I did. I have this new fancy phone that folds open. Oh, so it looks like you're just reading a book. Yeah. So, I, I wanted to try reading a book, and there was nothing going on except football. So, I mean, I am the number one football boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the baseball boy. He's a football boy. Yeah. Got to get him on basketball. Wow, it looks like a book. 
What yeah, book is kind of it is um an understanding of heart and mercy. Oh. Do you know what that is? No. It is kind of a the way it was described to me is very it's got very fall kind of like halloweeny but not scary vibes. Uh-huh. Maybe more spoopy than spooky. Uh-huh. Got um, it already. Um but it is a like it is a romantic comedy that kind of combines um, the lake house. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one where they write in the letters and it transmits through time. Uh-huh. Right. With um, Keanu Reeves and uh, what's her name? Yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of the, the lake house in a, um, you know, kind of studio Ghibli. A lot of people compare it to Howl's moving castle esque world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is about, um, from what I can tell, I'm only about a chapter in. It is about a um, guy who like patrols a magical forest and like tries to save people, but mostly collects their bodies of people who wander in. Mm-hmm. And then he takes them to this woman who runs like an undertaker shop that they take care of the bodies that died in the magical forest. And they really do not like each other. Okay. So was this the book you were reading during the football game? Yes. Okay. I thought you might be further in. Um, no, because there's lots of shouting. Oh, that's true. There's football. so many shouting, and people keep asking me questions. And mm-hmm. sometimes what they do you don't think ask. of that play. So and sometimes they don't ask questions, but they like talk and they like need a sarcastic comment. You're just like, when's Taylor Swift showing up? That's all we're really here to see. When we got there, the people said, I know you guys don't really care about football, but... And I said, but Taylor Swift's in the stands? And they laughed. So, um, Got him. <laughs> what they really wanted to tell us was that the OU, the team they wanted to win, was winning. Um, okay. It was quite the back-and-forth match. Um, it was. I saw it. I, I saw it. And one guy was getting like really like almost sick to his stomach like nervous and i just wanted to be like you you are not there sir not mm-hmm. a single person on that field knows your name there's nothing there's nothing writing on this like what are what is your deal what is your the, connection to this the stakes are so low i don't care if you got four degrees from this school like there this is a game a game of of practically children mm-hmm. what is your what is what is happening to you right now a lot. Yeah, the other day I was with like my academic team, you know, I'm their coach. And Whoa. the football team was doing something and they were going down the hall and shouting and being football-y. And some of my kids were just like, that's so annoying. And I was like, you know, they're just football nerds. And they're mm-hmm. like, you're right. They are. And then we just had a nice little discussion of everybody's just nerds about something. Um, yeah, so, you know. But like when I watch Cloud and Sephiroth, those good, good sword boys, uh-huh. Uh, when I watch them go at it, I'm not like, what if what if Cloud hurts my my precious long-haired boy? I do. Oh, well, okay. I don't know why I picked Cloud and Sephiroth. I don't know either, because you're not even like the biggest Final Fantasy VII guy, but whatever. Yeah, it it's it's one of my least favorite late late stage Final Fantasies. <laughs> but but I guess I picked them for the recognizableness of it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like Final Fantasy VII. It's not my favorite, but it's very very influential to me. It's what got me into the series. Um, I like 10 and 9 better. Sort of that modern era. And 12. 
Okay, it's like number five of the ones that I've played. I like 10, 9, 6, 12. It's kind of, in the 8 fluctuate for me. But the thing is, I don't hate Final Fantasy VII. It's a good game. I have my problems with it, especially the Materia system. But Yeah, not a fan. Um, Though I do like the Materia system better than the Junction system of 8. I see, I can exploit the Junction system of 8 and be like as powerful as a third disc like character mm-hmm. within the first like 15 minutes of the game. Um, true, true, true. But I just don't like it. It's not fun to me. Um, I, I don't think it's fun to use as intended. No, I guess it is very breakable though. And that's fun in its own mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And I really like the story of it. And I like Laguna a lot. Well, who doesn't like Laguna? Laguna's the best. Uh, yeah. Hashtag should have been the main character. Hashtag maybe is the main character. Maybe. It's hard Although, to say. I needed more of the segments of just him living his life and doing his thing. Although I do like Squall. I think Squall gets a bad rep. He's all right. He's, I mean, he's all right. I mean, not compared to Luna, he is not. But what's happening? I'm trying to remember what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the strike and stuff. All right, because it's been, it's been a long time. Since we've done this last week, we were meant to have an episode. Um, just want to apologize to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I lost my work computer, like my laptop from school, which is what I record this on. Um, and for a lot of reasons, it really appeared to be lost. And so the I tech department at my school put it in lost mode. And then I get home and find that I'm assuming one of my children stuck it behind the pillows on the couch. That's the only possible explanation for it being there. And so I found it. And it had to be in lost mode all weekend, and so it stopped working. <laughs> yeah, like right as we were recording, it stopped working. Yeah, it's like I did other things on it just fine, and then we started recording, and it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be in lost mode. <laughs> um, and then it was. It sounds good to me. But yes, um, that's why we yeah, weren't no episode last week. That's why we weren't with you last week, and we just we really want that even ten. Yeah, even 10. I was really shooting for an even nine, an uneven nine, but it lined up with the episodes of Star Wars. When I gave them all the subtitles, so oh, that's true. But you know, here we are with the ten. And that's okay. This is a, a rogue one. Yeah, and we can do like a solo. Yeah, the the Mandalorian is a one. But yes, we can just see what our topics are, and I'll pick a Star Wars, um, you know, product that l- lines up with it. Mm-hmm. Nice of the Old Republic, perhaps. Heir to the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, One loves that. There's a Terrace Kazi. Ooh. Or, uh, you know, Clone Wars. The Jinji Tartakovsky one. Oh, yeah, yeah. The animated that was, one. That was good. That was a good one. Yeah, I'll still watch the animated Clone Wars. I never really watched the uh, CG one that much. Yeah. I, I the really... later seasons got really good. Yeah. It was interestingly very like propaganda y. Like it was basically like war reels told from the Republic side. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I watched the first at least two seasons of it. Mm-hmm. I think me too. And it really felt that way. Yeah. Um, Which was a stylistic choice and all of that. But I just, you know, didn't really care for it. Yeah, no. It wasn't, it wasn't my show either. Um, apparently the stories got much more interconnected after I stopped. Um, I. Pretty much lost total interest in Star Wars as a property. So, yeah. um, there's a few things of Star Wars that I really love. Um, Republic Commando, the video game, play that anytime. That was fun. 
the animated Clone Wars. Um, I, I've said it once, and I'll say it again. The Legacy Dark Horse Comics, um, Star Wars Legacy. Oh, that's good through, stuff. One through 50, the best Star Wars story that was ever told. Takes crap out of the movies, video what games. What at 51? It, it was only... Well, I guess technically it was 53 episodes, or uh, issues. Oh, but those 151, 52, and 53 are just trash. No, they're really good. No, you said 1 through 50. But it's, but it's like a new series. It's like Legacy the War or something like this. Oh, okay. It's like a... Like it was a like an aside. Uh, and there was a Legacy 2, but I never did get to, the chance to read it. I need two one of these days. Two Legacy, two Star Wars. Two Legacy, two Star Two Legacy, two Star, two Wars, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, man, so there's some there's some stuff, but who's t- who goes first today? Me, because you went first the first time, and that was an odd numbered episode, and this is an even numbered episode. <laughs> I'm not talking about Taylor Swift. Interesting. Um, though I could, but I won't because I don't, and we already have, haven't we? Mm, I no, I, we I talked about Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes, we brought Carly Rae, but talked about. T-Swift. We talk about Taylor Swift a lot. As we should. For two, like, like a podcast run by just two middle-aged men. Yeah, but I'm a middle-aged man who follows music, and she's got the most interesting music career maybe ever. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's a weird thing. I'm just saying, you know, we can like whatever we like. But we talk about Taylor Swift a lot. Um, but it is me. <laughs> a, couple, a couple smaller things that I wanted to bring that I've been enjoying. Oh, this isn't like a let me just bail out all of my topics in hopes that we can get back to normal. But I just have two things. It's a it's a it's a recommendation vomit. Okay. I suppose. Just two. Just two. Um so first, um one of my favorite bands is uh the Black Keys. I'm not just talking about them in general, but I've just like really stuck with them probably the last ten years. Really? Uh-huh. Interesting. I didn't know this about you. I, didn't know that about I, me. I listened to the crap out of everything before like El Camino back. Uh-huh. So I really, good... I really dropped off of them after El Camino. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, El Camino is probably my favorite. Attack and Release is also really good. Attack and Release uh, is excellent, yeah. Um, but what I wanted to talk about, it is one of those earlier albums, um, but it's a little bit of a different, not really, because the sound is pretty similar, um, because they have a lot of like blues um, influence in the things that they do. I feel like some of their newest albums... They really lean heavy into the blues genre. Um, I don't know if it exactly works quite as well as some of their earlier stuff, like Delta Cream, which is not their newest album, but the one before that is like really bluesy. Um, But I feel like they do the same sort of like gimmick at the start of every song where it's like, wait, how do we do this again? Um, And kind of like ease into it, but like every time. Um, But they have this EP that's called Chulahoma. that is just wonderful. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, uh, 2008-ish? 2006? That was 2006. Um, okay. But what it is, is there was a, a blues musician named Junior Kimbrough, um, who's part of Fat Possum Records. Um, and they'd done a couple of um, yeah. covers of a couple of his songs. Um, and he passed away in, I believe, 1998. Um, he was like really influential for the the band and so they put together basically like a tribute album um where they played like six of his songs um and i mean it's it's really just a tremendous little album um that just it feels so good 
I mean, clearly like their talents really on, on display, like full display. Um, and one of the, the last tracks in the album is actually a voicemail from Junior Kimbrough's um, widow, like basically thanking them for making the album and how she feels like they're the only band that she would trust to do an album like this. And mm-hmm. that he really, they really like captured the spirit of her husband's songs. Um, and just do like this really good job. and just like the sweet message uh, at the end of the album. I do. I remember. I remember the album a little bit. Um, I can't think of a single title. I think the second a- song on the album is was the one that I loved a lot that I'd always skip to. Mm-hmm. Um, um, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Oh gosh, great. Because uh, that was back when I had bought the album on Amazon, uh-huh. and like I had to play the album and skip around. So yeah. not quite Spotify, but before, but after CDs. After CDs, yes. That was interesting because I feel like around that time, like when we were in college, where if you bought a CD, like a CD CD on Amazon, you would also get it digitally oh, yeah. on Amazon Music. Because I have a few albums on Amazon Music because I bought the CDs um, at that time. And it gave it to you digitally also, which was kind of cool. I don't actually even remember my email address from back in that time that I could uh-huh. get into my Amazon and see. <laughs> yeah, because I also I bought a um, Fleet Foxes album, um, and I had it digitally as a result. Okay. Fleet Foxes is really good, too. That's just a bonus. Sort of a bandier Simon and Garfunkel is how a friend of mine described it, and I would agree. Sure. I was never the biggest fan of Fleet Foxes. Their sound was always a little too... Soundy. Clean isn't exactly the word I'm looking for. I really like the Black Keys because they're a little messy. Uh huh. Um, like from of like rock bands of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really just like that sound. Um, but they were more, I guess. Like I don't mean this in like the most negative way, but kind of more boring, <laughs> more boring sound. Subdued, perhaps. Subdued. And I, you know, I liked that about them though. Um, something about it spoke to me at that time in my life when I thought I was pretentious. You liked early fun. Um, I uh-huh. didn't like fun until some nights. Uh, yeah, well, I liked the band before fun. That uh, right. was, was the format, which I stand by. Great band. I, yeah, I've, I've listened to it on your recommendation, and, and, and it's kind of that same sound as um, I forgot the band we were just talking about. But mm-hmm. yeah, the first album, the first fun album. Um, I didn't like as much as some nights, but I did listen to it. So I was like, oh, this is the format. And I really like the format. Dog Problems is like a great album and everyone should go listen to it. Yes, Dog Problems. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also very much did not like Coldplay around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, never been a Maroon 5 fan. Yeah. Like, see, I, don't like, I liked Coldplay then, but I don't really care for them that much now. See, I'm the opposite. I think... I think post salad Coldplay is so much more interesting. I think they have some really fun stuff. Post what Coldplay? Post sellout. Post sellout. Ah. Um, I think, yeah, like Adventure of a Lifetime kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so fun. You couldn't pay me to listen to Yellow ever again. But <laughs> yeah, Yellow's a bit boring. Um, you know, I would, I'd get down on some uh, Viva La Vida. I went to that concert, and it was Ooh. a phenomenal time. I believe that. That would be a great show. Yeah, so people think Viva La Vida is Coldplay's sellout, and it's actually when I thought they got interesting. 
It, I mean, it's good. They're it was like very enjoyable. They kind of moved beyond that piano rock, yeah, uh, Seattle piano rock vibe. Yeah, which I've never been able to stand. I think I used to like it more, and then I like learned what good music was. <laughs> well, and let's be honest: the cruise that you were, walked in in like late high school and college. That was kind of like the only thing they could know. Uh-huh. Anything well, else like, might cause you to sin. <laughs> that's true. Cause when I now think of piano rock, like the epitome for me is like Ben folds, mm-hmm. but it's like nobody that I was running around with was listening to Ben folds at that time. Yeah. Um, ben folds was just too edgy, man. <laughs> too edgy. He said we bad need, words. We got to have Lumineers, Kings of Leon, the fray. Fray. I was really into the fray. And I look back on it and I'm just like, why? <laughs> what was I doing? That's boring stuff in the world. We had a friend in college who was just very particular about his Lifehouse songs. <clears throat> You're hanging by a moment. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that was never... That music was never my, my scene. It was mine, but that's not what we're talking about. Because I'm talking about the Black Keys, who yeah. I think still are great. Yes. Um, their most recent album, um, Dropout Boogie, is really good. Is it? I have to uh-huh. give it a listen. Some I, of the I, later tracks have a really, really good blues vibe to them um, that I recommend checking out. I, after El Camino, <clears throat> their next album, I remember listening to, but nothing stuck with me. I don't think oh, well, I yeah, that was then Their next album after that was Turn Blue, which was a little bit of like a psychedelic <laughs> vibe to it. Because I think they were doing a lot of drugs and they had a lot of interpersonal conflict. I mean, they actually broke up after that album, um, but then got back together um, a few years ago. Wait, which album has the chair on it? Uh, Low High, <clears throat> when they got back together. Okay, see, I listened to that album as well and did not enjoy it. It feels like it was only a few years after. I mean, it wasn't that long after. Um, let's look at their discography. Because I remember, like... The one that came out right after El Camino, I was I was excited for, it, and then it just didn't stick with me. And then um, I heard that another one was coming out, and I remember it had a chair on it. And I was like, yes, more Black Keys. And I was like, maybe I don't like the Black Keys anymore after I do <laughs> it. But I still love the early stuff. Right, the song was low, low high, but the album was called Let's Rock. Let's Rock. I just don't remember it standing out as anything interesting. No, but you might like Delta Cream because it, I mean, it's got that blues vibe that they're all about. But then, yeah, I really like Dropout Boogie. It's fun. And my kids like it. Um, it was, it is very funny though, because they, um, when they did get back together, they released a music video of um, one of their songs. I think it's called Go. Um, and it's all of the whole music video is about the process of the two of them getting back together to form a band. And they're like, going to therapy and um, there's this counselor that's like, maybe you should start, um, you know, thinking about the ways that you agree with each other and the ways that things that you have in common, like the fact that you're both in the wrong right now, <laughs> well, which was very funny. But then the whole music video is like playing out as they're like going to like this uh, camp to like kind of rediscover themselves and sort of like therapy camp or whatever. And they're just like not talking. And then they realize like, Hey, if we get back together and make music together again, we can make a lot of money. And so we should do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And it's very funny. Sure. Um, so I'd recommend checking that out, but you might like Delta cream and dropout boogie. 
Um, I, I might give it a shot. I, it's it's been a while. I need to listen to El Camino again just because I loved that album so much. Yes, but everyone at home should also listen to Chulahoma if you haven't, Chula which Homa. is not actually anything to do with Oklahoma. It's Chulahoma, Mississippi. Yeah, I remember that being a good album. I don't know why. Like I said, the second one, um, when you said Have Mercy on Me, I'm like, I'm sure that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that one's really good. My favorite of them yeah. is um, Meet Me in the City, which is the fourth track. Yeah. Has like a really good, like, rambling kind of feel. And then number six has a similar feel, which is called My Mind is Rambling. Um, okay. But it just has it has this really, really good feel to both of those songs that is just, it's fun to listen to. Yeah. And just kinda, you know, driving down the road, listening to some Blackies. It's good driving music. Okay. Take your word for it. But that's only part one of the things that I wanted to bring. And I wasn't expecting it to turn into the discussion of my musical tastes in college. I feel like you know I'm a Black Keys fan. You got to know I'm going to have opinions. I, I Or was a Black Keys fan. Was a Black Keys fan. Um, but the other one thing I want to bring is a book that I know I've told you about Chance before. Okay. Um, I just want to let everybody know. I have the sequel queued up on my Kindle ready to go after I finish the book that I'm currently reading. Um but it's the book Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits. Oh, yes, you did tell me this. By Joseph Pargin. Pargin? I don't know how to say it. Um, it's just really good. When I was had my surgery, I read it like over the five days that I couldn't move. Um, partly because I couldn't move, um, but also I just really enjoyed it. And I would like set it down and be like, well, you know, I should just keep going. Um, and I read it all in like four days, actually. Um, but it's just this really good it's sort of actiony um it takes place in sort of a not super distant future um where you know everybody i mean it sounds silly he wrote it in 2013 so even then to now it's like everybody has like cameras all the time and are like is streaming and trying to vie for that attention but this um woman named zoe ash finds out that her father died um and her father was like this eccentric billionaire um, who lived, started this city in the middle of the like Nevada desert called Tabula Rasa, but the S in Rasa is a dollar sign. And it's basically like this um, rich people world um, where, you know, there's all this sort of technology and all of this stuff. And she's kind of brought into this world. Um, and there's people that aren't very happy with the fact that she's there and weren't, weren't liking the things that her father was doing and are basically like trying to kill her Um for various reasons. And it kind of unfolds more of the reasons as to why, as the story goes. Um, But I just think it's very funny. Like I've talked about here on before how I like the Borderlands Mm -hmm. video games. I feel like they, the book really captures a lot of the humor of that series, which is just kind of like a ridiculous, a little bit juvenile, like super violent, um, but to like a ridiculous degree. Um, But like, not just like poop jokes. Sure. Yeah. But you know, just kind of that vibe that I just think is really fun. Like the, the villain is super over the top and ridiculous. Um, and like, like spouts all of these like ridiculous alpha male things that you would hear said today by just like the worst people you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're just like, Oh yeah. Like I could really imagine just a hundred idiots on Twitter talking this way and thinking that they're the coolest person in the universe, but secretly not even secretly, they're just actually a really bad person. Um, just in a way that's like, Oh, yeah, I'm feeling this. Um, but, you know, it's really good. Like, I don't know what else to really say. I love it. You should you should check it out. It's sort of like a popcorn book 
Oh, sure. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like it does have a few things to say, you know, just with that, the character and like the main villain and toxic, toxic masculinity and things like that. Mm -hmm. But in a way that's never like, and you should watch out for people like this and toxic masculinity is bad. Um, but in a way that just presents it and you're like, oh, this is really not a good thing. For everyone at home, toxic masculinity is bad and you should watch out for people like that. Yeah, but I'm just meaning it didn't feel heavy handed and preachy. Uh, okay. Um, and then, but I got the sequel pulled up, which is called Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick. So I'm excited oh. to read that one. <clears throat> this seems this seems very much like Devil May Cry humor, which is the thing I've been playing recently. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you want to check it out for that reason. Um, but there's lots of cool like corporate assassins and um, her the team that kind of worked for her dad and now works for her is called the Suits because mm -hmm. um, they're all very they wear very fancy suits. Um, and they commit futuristic violence. Mm -hmm, they do. Lots of it. I had a feeling. And I'm sure that there would be punching something in the dick in the next book. I can only imagine. I can only imagine what it would be like <laughs> to read that book by uh -huh. You won't have to imagine if you just do it. <laughs> when, See, that's what I figured would be shorter to talk about the book. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, it ain't, it ain't Shakespeare. It's not The Hobbit that I could probably talk about for forever. Um, it's, no, it's really good. Really cool Thorin Oakenshield does the thing. What now? I don't know. Something about Thorin Oakenshield. Then he does the thing. That's really he does cool. the thing. He's, he's very sad or very I, happy, depending on the time. To be honest, not a lot like happens in The Hobbit. But it kind of does. Like, But just the way Tolkien describes things is very like, and then it happened. Mm -hmm. It isn't. Yeah, it's not super like if it was written today, it would be written very differently. Yes. There's not a lot of like described actions. Mm -hmm. It's more about the world building. Yeah. And just saying like, and this is what happened. And then the armies had a fight and Bilbo went home. Mm -hmm. and Bilbo got knocked out. Yep. And then later he got described to him what happened. Yes. Um, but yeah. Well, great. Those are both very fun things. Mm hmm. What do you got for us today? Um, you know, I'll do an honorable mention uh, since you did two. Um, not much. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 is really great. Um, That's not real Devil May Cry. What is? I don't know. I feel like people complain about that one, but they're probably dumb. Oh, no, no, no. Devil May Cry 5 was like the return to form. Oh, did they complain about 4? No, uh, there was a attempted remake called DMC Devil May Cry. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yes. That's the one. Although I hear the gameplay is phenomenal. Um, Which is what it's all about anyway. Yeah, but it is like moody, like emotional Dante instead of wisecracking, like surfing on a Grim Reaper while he shoots his guns Dante. Mm -hmm. so he yeah. is much less like desirable Dante. In Devil May Cry 5? No, in DMC. The oh, DMC. No, Devil yeah, May Cry I mean, 5 is the return of the Dante everyone loves. Gotcha. He can, you know, he can, he's a complex individual. He can have both. No, he's not. Um, Actually, yeah. my friends and I used to laugh. I've never played a Devil May Cry game. I played a lot of Beautiful Joe in high school, which I feel like borrows some things. Yeah. It's Devil more, May Cry. It's so we always laughed. We would watch the scene. I think it was in 2 where he's like fighting and like uh, there's a jukebox. We always laughed because he had his coat on with no shirt, but he had like a nipple guard. Oh no, that's, that's something like right 
Oh, okay. We always where he's laugh fighting, but the pizza's like flying through the air. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the one. Uh, what's one of the greatest cinematics in all video games? But you know, whatever. Whatever you know. Um, we had a laugh. Yes, Devil May Cry Three is a great game. Devil May Cry Four is very good. Um, Five is is kind of just a lot of fun to play. Um, it's got a lot of fun accessibility features um, that you can use, um, or you know, try to get good. Um, I did my whole first playthrough like barely getting S's, and then like I watched some videos on how to do the combat, and I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. Fine, <laughs> and I started getting like double and triple S's. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, this is a great series, a lot of fun. Um, uh, it is now off of my Steam Deck because Baldur's Gate demands all of the space on my Steam Deck. Uh-huh. They just um, keep updating it, man. They do. They just keep updating it, and like the saves. Keep adding more space. It's they really do. It's I go through a couple times and say delete all but the most recent. Yeah, I'm about to do that. Um, I'm about to delete most of my old playthroughs as well because my new one is just that's my playthrough. Is it still your druid? Yes, still my druid. Um, yeah, I've almost done everything you can do in the Underdark. Nice. I went briefly to the Underdark with my paladin. Mm. It was horrifying. Uh, you know. You'll get there. You'll get there. I was just level four. I don't think I should have been there yet. But then suddenly I was attacked by a spectator. A spectator. Which was sort of like a beholder, but I'm guessing just like a junior version. And he kept, there were all these statues of drow, and he kept unpetrifying them and mind controlling them, and they would attack me too. And it was like everybody was dead except Carlac, and she was about to die. Like one more hit, and she was going to be dead. And she was frenzied, and she did a frenzied throw with like a javelin and g- killed him. And it unmind controlled all the drow. And then I was able to go and revive everybody. Interesting. I've not been to where you are, where that is. It was in the, um, have you done anything with the night song? Well, I, yeah, I've, I, I mean, I haven't found it, but I followed it to the bottom of the, into the Solunite outpost. Uh-huh. Under the, where the goblins were. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went outside the gate. Well, yes, of course and you go outside the gate. But then I found that when I went outside the gate. Hmm, I must have not gone that direction. I'll have to go back. Um, it was uh, very scary. Um, yeah, that game is amazing, um, but it demands all the space. On my all the space and all the attention. It does not. Uh, it will not share. Um, I put The Witcher on it, and then it's like, no, I need you more. Really, space. You really shouldn't. <laughs> um, what That's not me saying that. That's the game. Yeah. So. Um, right now, it it has all all of it, um, but yeah, Devil May Cry Five, great game, um, highly recommend it to anyone. Um, you can it, get it pretty cheap. I think it's like on on sale about twenty bucks now. Mm-hmm. Um, on most things, um, super fun. Super um, fun. You one of the weapons is a motorcycle that you break in half and use as dual chainsaws, and then sometimes you put it back together to ram into things. That makes oh. sense. It makes sense. Yeah. No, it, it's it's a very cool weapon. One of them is a hat um, that you Michael Jackson dance fight with. Good. Good. So I think it's about time some studio is brave enough to do that. Um, yeah. Um, Devil May Cry 5. Great game. But that is not what I'm bringing for you today. Um, I, I guess I kind of have a twofer. Not really. Um, it's just kind of a story about one thing that will lead into another. Okay. I can't wait. Um, I have been 
with my wife for two weeks now watching The Golden Bachelor. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, are you familiar with this franchise? I think this is the first season of it, right? Well, but like The Bachelor. The ba- oh, duh. That, I mean, yes. We I, listened to a Bachelor podcast together. It's true, but I have never seen hide nor hair of an episode. Oh, you haven't? I've seen a couple. No, I've never. I've never partaken. Um, my my closest was listening to a podcast about it. Um, so I've been watching The Golden Bachelor uh-huh. um, with my wife, and it's very interesting. And by very interesting, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't understand why it exists. Yeah, I saw the only thing I've heard about it is I saw some people online saying it was cringy. But I feel like that's just something people use to dodge being sincere. So I don't know what to believe. Oh, cringy is interesting. Um, apparently, the things that I am flabbergasted about this show about are things that it does all the time in like the regular show. So uh-huh. what do I know? Nothing. Um, you know less about The Bachelor than you do about football. Uh, well, that's not true anymore. Now I am number one football boy. Yeah, that's why I said you know less about The Bachelor than football. Mm-hmm. Meaning you know more about football than The Bachelor. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Thank you. Um, that is very true. I know about all of the passes and the, the tight ends and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know what a tight end does. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm not... I, I, I'm just confused while watching it. Um, but I think it's important that I watch it. Mm-hmm. Because... Okay. My wife is always watching weird crap with me. Uh Uh-huh. That's true. And one of the things that we just finished... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm laughing because that's such a funny setup. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a twofer. Go go watch The Bachelor, maybe. Or don't. No, whatever. Or... It's... the, The... The... Jury is out. This is really a glowing endorsement of the Golden Bachelor that Chance just gave us. It It's just so foreign to me. It's just so foreign. I, I legitimately watched the first episode and thought, when does the show start? Because I was expecting, like, competitions to earn time with the Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, there would be, like, strategies employed. and But no, it's just people talking in a room. I think that's pretty much what The Bachelor is. I didn't know. It's not like Survivor. Well, I, I I was kind of imagining like kind of an Ink Masters thing where they'd like do a competition. Uh-huh. Whichever get- girl is the first to create fire using only a knife and stone will get to spend time with The Bachelor. I've never seen Survivor either, so this is a bad point of reference. I haven't seen a bunch of Survivor, but I did see one episode with my parents once. Where that was like a thing where it was like coming down to a showdown between these two characters, where it's like the council was gonna be split and they would have to do a challenge to see who got off. And the one guy's like, I just know it's gonna be that. And it's gonna be a contest to see who can make fire. So he's just like practicing over and over, like starting a fire and making a fire. And then it ended up being that. Where they had to build up there was a rope, like a twine between two poles, and they had to build up a fire from nothing and be the first person to have their string burn. Uh-huh. Okay, fascinating challenge. Um, but yeah, anyway, all that to say, she watches really weird shows like me with me, uh, and we just finished one um, that I want to talk about. Uh-huh. It's a little old, but I think everyone should give it a watch because it's on Disney Plus. Uh-huh. 
uh, is the Orville. Okay. Yeah, you, I feel like you've talked to me at least about the Orville before. Uh, well, yeah, I watched the first season and a half a while back. Um, but then, like, I just didn't really have a TV. Like, TV wasn't part of my life. Um, so I didn't continue. Um, but it's a really good show. Uh, it starts out a little too Family Guy for my taste. Mm-hmm. The first few episodes are, like, like a lot of poop jokes, a lot of dick jokes, like a lot of just, like, kind of Family Guy humor, because it is Seth MacFarlane. Uh-huh. Um, so you, can, you should expect a little bit of that, I guess. Yeah, but but the, the central premise kind of becomes, like, what if real people were in Star Trek? Uh-huh. Um, it's pretty fantastic, honestly. Um, especially once it gets, like, four or five episodes in and they find their footing. Um, it's really thoughtful. Um, the the production has been like halted several times, so there's only three seasons, and each season's only like ten episodes. It's not like a huge commitment to watch it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third season just came back like 2021, so it came out in like 2015. There was like a 2017 season, and then like a 2021 season. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. And the third season is like like considerably higher budget. Mm-hmm. than the first two seasons um and they do like just really fun things with that um and they also they, it was obviously made for streaming because like the episodes can be anywhere from like 46 minutes long till to like i think the last episode is like an hour 40 what is this stranger things um well but they really do a great job of like pacing the episodes um and it's just a really good show if you like Star Trek, but like the even if you don't like Star Trek, honestly, because this is so much more like interconnected. Like there's a few like cultures that you visit like several times instead of like, you know, Captain Kirk finds the mob world this one time and then we never hear from it again. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of that, it's like, oh, there's this one of the main characters is part of this race of all males. And one of the first episodes is like he and his mate have a female and uh, have a female child. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a big deal. And like, they request like to have like corrective surgery done so that she'll be a male like the rest of their people. And like, um, no one on the Orville will do that because an unnecessary surgery on a healthy child is like, unethical to them and they're like it is necessary because she's not healthy it's a she Mm -hmm. um and like they end up having like a trial um to see if the child should be made male um all of that like in star trek that would be like a one and done like Uh we've had we've introduced this interesting idea but they go back to they call it mockless and this idea several times um throughout the series to like watch it evolve and watch like what happens if you would introduce this into it or this into it uh-huh. and it's like cultural like kind of bigotry um towards towards females right um there's a term for that and they they really they really do it in in some very interesting and thought-provoking ways and the show you never know what is going to actually happen in the show mm-hmm like several times the show took me by surprise by someone dying that I didn't think would die or like 
a character making a choice that I didn't think they would make. Or like, <laughs> there's an entire episode. There's an entire episode in third season. And I'm not going to spoil it with any details. But I am like on the edge of my seat most of the episode waiting for like these two characters to be revealed as like evil or deceptive or like wrong in some way. Mm-hmm. But the whole episode is just happy and people are getting along and good things are happening. <laughs> it, I, by the end of the episode, I was like, what is happening right now? That's very funny. Um, so like, I, I never like, I could never put my guard down with the show, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really good. Um, and there's like, there's like, they invent a time machine at one point, And one of the characters like is like, he, he comes in with a sandwich and they're explaining the time machine to him. And he's like, Oh, can we send my sandwich three months into the future? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, why are, we, why are we doing this? And he's like, because in three months I'll have a sandwich that came out of nowhere and it'll make me really happy. Makes sense to me. Um, and like, they do bring that up in a later episode, like the sandwich and, but they not only like do a really funny thing with the time time machine. There's also like an episode that explores like the seriousness of time travel there's and like some seriousness there, huh? There's definitely some seriousness there. Yeah, there's there's just a character who gets tr- stranded back in time, and like the fallout of that is like really emotional. I don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But it's like an episode that, like, my wife and I both were just like, okay, <laughs> we need to... Was need it to Peter Petrelli and his girlfriend that gets trapped in an alternate time dimension? It's and then not. No. Again? When did when did his girlfriend get... I don't know. I feel like it was in season two. Oh, maybe. Maybe three, right? But I feel like they travel, they're, like, in an alternate future, and they get separated, and he comes back, but she doesn't. <laughs> Yes, that it's is just gone. True. It never gets mentioned again. That's true. I forgot all about that. So did he. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a it, it's a really good show. I really I've I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, it's it's thoughtful. Sometimes sometimes it's like a social commentary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a comedy. Sometimes it's like a slice of life on a ship. Um, and sometimes it's like an epic military sci-fi show. Um, and I think like never knowing what you're going to get and like always getting something new is like really, it's really entertaining. Nice. And really fun to watch. Um, so if you're looking for a show that's streaming, um, there is a shot for a season four, although one of the major characters has said she doesn't believe it's happening and um, she won't be in it if it is. Oh, bummer. Just that she's moved on. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that may put a damper on it. There could still be a season four, but what's there, it, it ends in a really satisfying place. That's good. Um, so I just recommend it. I recommend the Orville to people. All right. That's kind of how community felt. Like every season was like, will there be more? <laughs> Let's kind of try to wrap it up, and then if it if we're back, we're back. If not, we won't be. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, highly recommend to any uh, anyone who just likes sci-fi. This is real good sci-fi. Good sci-fi, sky-fi. Yes, yes, that too. 
Um, I, and if anyone has any book recommendations, I want like a like a Star Trekky, like military sci-fi on a ship kind of book. And I'm just not mm-hmm. finding. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing for you. I just <laughs> finished reading um, basically Brandon Sanderson's short story collection. Oh. Um, which is like, or in short stories and novellas that are like from all of his different Cosmere worlds um, together in one book. Um, okay. So that was just a nice little journey through some short fiction, uh, which was fun. Sounds fun. Some of it I'd read before, some of it I hadn't. All right. But it's not, nothing to do with a spaceship, but I just read it. Okay. I'm a thinking random, about, but there's I love no it. spaceships. No spaceships. A little random, but I love it. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. Um, cool. So hopefully, um, just from a programming note, sort of here at the end of the episode, we don't know when the strikes will end, mm-hmm. but there's hope. So we'll see. We might be getting back to regular programming. To be the- honest, when you hear this podcast, you uh-huh. will probably know whether yeah. or not next week's whether- episode will be one of these or a regular Boy Meets World episode. That's true. By the time this comes out, it will we'll know. Yeah. One way or the yeah. other. If the strike's still going on, you'll get another one of these. If it's not, we'll uh, do Boy Meets World, baby. Yeah, we'll be back. We will be back. I'll be back. They said it would never happen. Um. Yeah, I'm sure we don't have any listener mail or anything like that. Any feedback. Oh, you know what? I don't even have Twitter on my new phone. So I can't Bummer. even look. Bummer. Well, I haven't seen anything there pop up, but I'm also thinking email. Let me look. No. Nope. None of it. Let me just look here. Uh, nope, doesn't really look like it. And that's okay. Oh, yeah. But regularly scheduled programming is on the horizon. Yeah, it really is. Might even have Boy Meets World wrapped officially by the end of the year. Ooh, we can dream. We can dream. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, But if you do have feedback, maybe you have a book in the vein of what Chance was asking about. Um, you can let him know or let us know. Probably through um, email, bgworldfever at gmail.com would be the best yeah. way to do that. You, um, could comment, you, a- you could comment on Instagram at bgworldfever. Also true. Or threads um, even. Threads? I need to look at threads. Maybe someone's reached out to us on threads. Cameron, you're supposed to be our threads guy. I mean, yeah, but you know, I don't. Also, I also don't care. <laughs> it's true. We are not social media gurus. No. Nothing there. Oh, well. But if you really loved our uh, Common Rider coverage, as in the early and early of these episodes where we talked about Common Rider a bunch, um, you can listen to us over at Hinch and Fever coming out weekly as long as we're able to do it and my computer isn't missing and not missing at the same time. Um, episodes coming at us, we're talking about Common Rider Gotchard, which is the newest season that's currently coming out. By the time this episode comes out, episode six of that TV show will be released. Our yeah. coverage of it won't be out yet, but we will be through episode five in our coverage. Yeah, our coverage will will be through episode five. Um, yeah, yeah, lots of good stuff there. Lots of, um, we're actually making a programming change here very soon, so. And I can't wait. Um, so yeah, yeah, listen to us on Henshin World Fever. Mm-hmm. Not World Fever. Henshin no, Fever. Henshin Fever. No world necessary. No world necessary. 
Except the one we save. Mm-hmm. Which just might be yours. Or not. I don't know. I don't know what world technically that takes place in. Do the different common Riders happen in different universes? Um, It's a multiverse for sure. Okay. It's just, you know, sometimes I've seen there's little crossovers and stuff, and I don't know exactly the mechanics of such a situation. I don't know that it takes the mechanics super seriously. You know, and that's okay too. Yeah, they call they call um, some of their worlds AR worlds or other reality worlds. Chance other starts with an O. Alternate reality worlds. That sounds better. Um, you're right. You're right. It's like I'll let a lot of things slide, but I don't know about that. Um, excuse me. Um, but yeah. There's several things where they call them AR worlds, and then there, there's a whole season, the the Zio season actually we brought up Zio, um, where it, it's it's called another. So he like goes through time, but like so they don't have to just repeat the story of the of that season. It's another, you know, another wizard. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like. It's got some things in common, but also different. Makes sense. Uh, so it, it's definitely a multiverse. That all makes sense when you think about it. It's a superhero show. Of course, yeah. it's a multiverse. Yeah. And you, you actually see Hotoro in two episodes of Conrader Deeds. Oh, nice. I love Hotoro. So, so yeah, there's, there's like, there's crossover things. Cool. Um, but yes, do check that out. Hinge and Fever. If you are interested, wherever you get podcasts. Um, but at this point, I think we're at the show where I would say that that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world.